What up, listeners? Welcome back. You are listening to the Handle Your Scandal podcast. I'm your host, Mara Watkins. Today, we have a super inspiring guest with us, Miss Kimberly Rose. She was born and raised in Houston, Texas. She has her master's degree in communication disorders and works as a speech and language pathologist with children with communication disorders. She also has her own YouTube channel, sharing her life in a wheelchair and inspiring others to fight through their own challenges. Thank you for taking time to talk with me today, Kimberly. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you. So, you know, I did a brief introduction, but if you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, go ahead. (laughs) Definitely. Um, So like you said, my name is Kimberly Rose and I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I'm a Texas girl. Um, I grew up with a small little family. I am one of two girls. My sister is 12 years older than me. So I kind of grew up like an only child. Um, I grew up with um, lots of different friends. I was involved in sports. I went off to college and unfortunately was involved in a car accident that resulted in a spinal cord injury. And now I am a quadriplegic, but I um, didn't let that stop me. And I moved on with my life and I went off to college and I went off to grad school. And now I'm working as a speech language pathologist in Houston, Texas. Wow, that is so inspiring. Like, honestly, um, Mercedes, you know, you you grew up with her, right? So I'm just giving the listeners some background. She sent me Kimberly's um, page and I checked out her YouTube and I was so inspired of, you know, she's really handling her scandal for real, y'all. Like, let's talk about it. So, you know, I'm really glad to have you here. I'm glad that while your accident resulted in that, like you didn't let that, you know, keep you down. Like you still, you know, live in your life and being that inspiration for others. You know, some people tragedy happens and it's really hard for them to bounce back. And I feel like you are just super inspiring. And the fact that you've done all of this so far and I know it's probably just the beginning so yeah what have you been up to lately you know there's so many crazy things going on in the world right so what have you been up to girl um well for the most part I've been working I started a job at Houston Independent School District so I work for HISD in Houston and I'm a speech pathologist with kids and I started that earlier in the year so when I started my job the pandemic happened and then so I'm a new I'm a new employee trying to learn my job, trying to figure it out. So I'm working. I am content creating on the side and I'm trying to just be social as much as I can. So trying to just learn how to balance. Right. That's what I've been up to. Yeah, that's the whole premise of Handle Your Scandal podcast. Just busy young millennials trying to balance everything that we're doing. (laughs) And we're going to get into how you do that a little bit later. But for now, let's just learn a little bit more about you. So as you mentioned, you... So you are born and raised in Houston, Texas. They say everything is bigger and better in Texas. So what do you say about that? Oh, girl, it's definitely true. Um, I grew up in Texas, grew up in Houston, and so many things to do. Um, I really didn't appreciate living in Houston until I moved away and went off to college. And Oh, my gosh, literally same. That was me with Vegas. Like, I was, like, super over Vegas when I was in high school. And then when I moved to San Diego, obviously, I love San Diego. But, like, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, you really can't appreciate your hometown until you get to, like, experience something else. 
Exactly. Like I would hear people talk about, oh my God, I want to move to Houston so badly. or I want to move to Austin. And I'm like, why? Like I lived there my whole life. I'm trying to get away. But then coming back <laughs> home, I'm like, wow, I'm from a beautiful city. There's so much to do. We have a huge museum district. There's tons of food. It's super diverse, you know, if, if you're into dating outside of your race, you can find someone outside your race, friends, there's things going on all the time, festivals. And so that's the, the best part about living in Houston and living in a big city because there's so many things to do. And I didn't appreciate it till I got older. No, I definitely agree. Living in a big city is the best in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a small town girl, <laughs> but um, what's your favorite thing to do out there? I've never been. I, my best friend moved to Tulsa so at some point when all of this clears over I do want to go visit her and we do want to go to Texas and I just want to know what's like what's your favorite thing to do in Houston oh girl there's plenty of things to do so I'm from Houston so major city and if you ever visit Houston I would suggest starting with the restaurants obviously I'm a foodie but um, even if you're not, there's just tons of different restaurants and different types of food, whatever you're looking for, Mediterranean food. Um, if you're looking for Cajun food, Italian food, I mean, whatever it is you're looking for, it's here. Also, the museum district is huge. There's tons of different types of museums, art museums, science. Um, the Holocaust Museum is here. Um, other than that, there's a huge shopping district. Um, there's just so many different things, festivals there's, and, and summertime is coming up. So there's going to be tons of different types of festivals, cultural festivals and events happening. So um, the concert scene is huge as well. It's just, there's always something to do in Houston. And that's what I love too, you know, and even if you're from the suburbs, there's a lot of things to do there as well. Different types of bars, different types of foods and different events just constantly happening. So if you ever visit Houston, you'll never be bored. Let's just say that. No, it definitely sounds like we wouldn't be bored if we went over there. So I'm going to have to take note of that. So let's move into your education and your career. What inspired you to get your master's in communication disorders? Like what was your undergrad major and what made you decide to go into communication disorders for a whole master's? Ooh, girl. Okay, let me give you the short version because I'm not trying to bore everybody. But um, <laughs> No, it's my, okay. My bachelor's degree was in biology and I was nearing the end of my bachelor's degree. Oh, she's smart, smart, y'all. She's smart. Girl. Biology. <laughs> it was a lot. But I remember I was nearing the end of my bachelor's degree and I took a class in neuroscience. Loved that class. And the teacher put up on the board different careers related to neuroscience. And I saw speech pathology and I was like, hmm, what is that? So I did some research and I found out involved a lot of talking, a lot of different, um, different settings you can work in with adults, kids, you can work with various different disorders. One of my good friends is a speech pathologist and I picked her brain for a little bit. And I said, you know what, that may be something for me. And also it's less hands-on. And I knew that, you know, being in a wheelchair and be, having a disability, I had to find a career that best fit my needs. So I looked into the career and saw that it didn't require too much more school. And it's something that I could do. So I did have to go back to school for a little bit more time. I had to get to my master's degree to be a speech pathologist. But um, really just finding out that it involved being social, communicating, and it wasn't as hands-on as being a nurse or um, having to move patients and being a therapist, let's just say, I thought this would be the best career for me based on my needs, so. 
that's what led me to that career. That's really cool. Like, it just sounds like you just wanted to help people and you found a way to make that work with your disability. And and I think that's, wow. We love someone who can adapt. Hello, we love to see it. (laughs) So tell me what it's like working as a speech language pathologist with children with communication disorders. I used to work with um, kids... Uh, in my two years that I took off before I went back to law school and kids are just you know they're characters right so like tell me what it's like working with um, children with communication disorders it's definitely a rewarding experience but it requires a bit of patience for sure Um, I enjoy working with kids it's always fun being able to um, give kids confidence about how they're talking, how they're communicating with their friends. Being understood is so important and something that we take for granted. Just talking to people and just simply being understood by other people is something that we just don't think about. It's just something. Yeah, that that's so true. We never, right. I never, I've never thought about it, to be honest. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's just something we just don't think about at all. But I think that working with kids has been so rewarding, um, giving them that confidence again. And just knowing that you're helping a, ch- a child being able to achieve um, better communication and being able to communicate more intelligently and being able to express themselves in a better way is just so rewarding. And um, but I will say it has its challenges, though. There are some kids that have some behavior issues. As You know, we've all been children. We know how children can be. But um, Girl. the pros outweigh the cons for sure. And it's a really good um, career path that I picked. Okay, that's good. Um, Yeah, I do think that working with children in general requires a certain level of patience. And I can only imagine like um, children with communication disorders would need more patience. But that's so great that you give them that space to feel heard and feel seen. And thank you for that. You know, Um, I don't think people who work with kids get enough props. So props to you. So how do you continue to learn to stay on top of your role? Like, what do you do to make sure that, you know, as times are changing or whatever, or, you know, learn more in the field so that you can better help the children you work with? For sure. For sure. Um, well, we are required every two years to get our, um, what is it called? Our CEUs. So we have to get our CEUs every two years. And that means we just have to stay on top of research. We have to take classes and courses to make sure that we do stay on top of what is happening. What are the new things, the new um, uh, strategies and techniques that um, are being used to better service the kids, right? So um, uh, with taking the CEU courses that we along with that, I also follow a ton of Instagram pages and blogs that talk about school-based speech pathology techniques and activities. Um, I'm always constantly trying to sharpen my skills and read different books. I talk to a lot of my classmates and a lot of people online just picking their brains and asking them, what are some activities that you use? What are some good techniques? How can I work with this child that has autism? You know, what are some good things and and resources to give the parents in order to help their child who's nonverbal be able to communicate better and tell them, I want cereal or I need help. How can I, you know, best serve the parents and the kids? And especially during this time when things are moving into a virtual learning classroom, I really have to stay on top of things and and really have to do my research and because I'm not with the kids face to face and I have to really send the parents and and train the parents and help them be able to be the teachers at home and 
and give them the right resources and the help in order to, you know, help them be able to communicate in a better way and communicate their thoughts and their feelings. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Um, I didn't even consider how like us moving into like virtual education would affect that. So but it's just a whole nother experience that you could probably talk about forever, right? Just <laughs> this this uh, COVID-19 thing has oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> shifted so many industries and so many fields. So um, like we said, adaptability is super important. But we're going to move on to talking about your YouTube channel because I think, well, obviously I think what you do is interesting, but as a fellow content creator, that's what I was most interested in when when Mercedes like introduced me to you is on this YouTube channel that you have. So let's just talk about it for a little bit. So as I mentioned earlier, your YouTube channel, you share your life in a wheelchair and tell me what life in a wheelchair is like and one big misconception many people have about it. Oh, girl. Okay. So I get that question a lot. And surprisingly, I sometimes don't know how to approach that question because they're good and bad days, right? We all have them. But um, some days I wake up and I'm like, oh, I got this. You know, I've been in this wheelchair 10 years now and, you know, it's just a normal day. And then other days it's rough. And I'm like, oh, gosh, why do I have to have this life? You know, so I have my days, obviously. I try to push past them as much as possible, but we're all human. Um, So life in a wheelchair has been challenging, but I'm blessed to have been able to um, move forward in in my life and be able to, you know, make something of my life and do something that I'm, I'm proud of, you know what I mean? Have a career that makes me smile and have a support system that has enabled me to be able to move past my disability and make something of my life. So um, I'm proud. But I think the biggest misconception that I have about being in a wheelchair would be that we all know each other. I think that's a big one. Wait, what? People really yeah. think that? Surprisingly, yeah. Even friends of mine. And it's funny. But sometimes I'm just like, really, we don't know each other. Like, for example, I think I was out. I remember I was in Chicago once with some friends and somebody in a wheelchair crossed the street and they were like, oh, do you know him? Is that your friend? And I know they were being funny, but I'm like, we don't all know each other. What? You know, what? I know. Sorry. That's just I was not prepared for that answer, to be honest. Like, I did not (laughs) expect that to be what you were going to say. That that's crazy. That's kind of like when. People think all black people know each other. Okay, we don't. Like, we do not. <laughs> and then I think if I had to name one more misconception, it would be that um, we can't do anything. You know, I know that people see others with disabilities and they think, oh, you poor person, you know, you must sit at home all day with food on your shirt. And it's like, yeah. no, we, we do so many things. Yes, our lives are different. Yes, you know, we've had traumatic events happen to us, but we are strong people. You know, we have to be creative. We have to um, learn how to move differently and learn how to operate in different spaces. And a lot of people in wheelchairs and with disabilities um, are badasses, you know, and we're not these sad individuals that are portrayed on TV and in books and textbooks that we read, which is my main mission of YouTube, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. You're a badass for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. So you have well i checked out your channel obviously if i'm gonna have you on the podcast i need to check out your channel and you have so many different videos ranging from like a hit workout to navigating getting over uneven an uneven driveway so what inspired you to start the youtube channel and how do you go about deciding what content to create okay that was a really good question 
um, starting the YouTube channel was something I had been thinking about off and on for a few years. And I honestly didn't have the confidence. And I thought, you know, there's plenty of other channels out there who, who talk about their lives like they don't need me. But I, it was something that just kept coming up. I would meet people and they'd be like, you know, you should really share your story. You should talk more about what you're doing. And I would brush it off. But it wasn't until I had bladder surgery last year around October. And I was looking on YouTube, trying to find somebody who had the same surgery as me. And I came across a five-year-old who had my surgery. And I was like, that is not okay. There should be more discussions about this. There should be more content out there regarding the surgery and regarding just disability experiences, period. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to document my experience. I'm going to post this. And when I recover, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. That's it. Like, I'm done. I'm ready to share my experience. Somebody needs to see this, whether it's one person or a hundred or a million, you know, someone's going to see this. So I shared the bladder surgery. And then I was like, you know what? I really don't just want my YouTube channel to just be about a bladder surgery. So I said, you know what? I'm going to share more. I feel like as a quadriplegic, as a black woman, I've been in so many spaces where many people don't think we should be or, or couldn't even fathom being Talk about in that it. position. You know what I mean? And so I'm proud to have the experiences that I've experienced and overcome them. And I said, you know what? Somebody needs to see my experience and hear about it and be inspired. And, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to move out of state, move to the other side of the country, to the East Coast, live there by myself. I've had the experience of achieving a master's degree. I've had so many different experiences and so many people not just with disabilities, but people with kids, you know, who have kids young and think, oh, my life is over. Or, you know, who've had a divorce or maybe don't have the money or the resources to achieve things. They think, oh, I can't. And it's like, you can. There's there's nothing new under the sun. You know what I mean? And somebody somewhere has done it before. And somebody needs to hear my story. So that's really why I was like, I'm going to share it. And I don't care if one only one person is helped. That one person needed to hear it. So... That's really why I decided to start my YouTube. It's bigger than me is really why I started it. Girl, <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel like everything you just said was so powerful. And I literally like had this like feeling of like, I don't even know, like just this over this overwhelming feeling of just like, wow, like I'm so proud of you. Like we literally just talked for the first time today outside of email, but like, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. And I just want to touch on some things that you said, just because I feel like I really need to hammer in on these points because you dropped some gems just now. So let's talk about it. Um, first, you said, well, first, I'm going to say, I'm glad you decided to make a channel, even though you felt like that space was already occupied, because I feel like that's a lot of things that I hear in like, you know, podcasting or blogging is like people say like, oh, well, there's already so many makeup channels or, oh, there's already so many podcasts. There's already so many blogs. And it's like, but the thing is, is there's no other blog that's you and your perspective, right? Like, yes, we can have a bajillion makeup channels or podcasts or blogs, but what makes a blog worth reading or a YouTube channel worth watching is the personality behind that. So like, I'm really glad that you didn't let that um, keep you from making a channel. And also you were talking about creating content that's missing. I think that's really important, you know, creating con like, you know, they say, you know, if there's a story that's missing that you want to read, write it like, yes. And I think that 
I'm just super inspired right now. So my words are kind of failing. <laughs> but no, I no, think you're doing that's so great that you like did that, like just have so much praise for you because a lot of people do go into like the creative industry or whatever have you and are discouraged because there's either a bunch of content or there's no content and they don't know where to start. So like the fact that you've um, figured that out and created your own lane is just <sighs> hats off to you, girl. Like, uh, I feel like I want to you. Yeah, I'm so, so inspired right now. So as a fellow content creator, I know it's not always easy, especially like coming out with content or deciding what you want your message to be or, you know, planning or whatever. So what has been your biggest struggle since starting your YouTube channel? Um, the biggest struggle, I would say, is just finding the time to do it all. When I first started YouTube, I wasn't working. I was at home. I was recovering from bladder surgery and I was bored as hell. And um, I had plenty of time to do it. And when I started working, I was like, oh, I'll just be able to do it, you know, once a week. And when I tell you that once a week is so hard to be able to keep up with, <laughs> like, I, I would get Girl, you ain't got to tell me. I'm already <laughs> Anybody who listens to my podcast knows it says it's a weekly podcast, but it's more like uh, sometimes it'd be bi-weekly, sometimes it'd be mm-hmm. once a month, like... Right. Listen. <laughs> you understand. And so it was like I started out and it was like a fun hobby. It was something to do. And it's still fun, obviously, but it, it it's work. And I don't want to be consistent. It was something, it was one of my New Year's resolutions, being consistent. But man, it's it's so hard. I would get off work, but I would still have to work out. And I would still have to um cook. And there's just other things that I have to do. It's not just work and YouTube. There's so many other life things. And and people would be like, oh, you don't have kids. And it's like, okay. Ooh, I still have other mm, mm, life that's, things happening. That's such a big pet peeve of mine, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not trying to offend nobody, but whenever people with kids are like, oh, you don't have kids, so you're not that busy. Like, girl, you don't know my fucking life. Don't, don't project mm-hmm. that onto me. Don't project that onto me. <laughs> Right. Like, I'm not the one. My mom friends, they would be like, "Oh, you don't have kids. You don't. You must have plenty of time, or you have plenty of money." First of all, don't count my coins. Hello, get yeah. out my purse. Right. Come on now. You know. So, um, so the biggest challenge I would say with um, doing YouTube is just finding balance, finding the time to do it all. You know, because I, I have my hands in so many different areas. You know, I want to do a good job with work. I want to do a good job with YouTube. I want to stay fit. Yeah, that's hard. I want to cook and I want to, you know, be, you know, be a good girlfriend. And there's just so many different areas that I want to do well in. But sometimes something fails and I just have to be able to give, forgive myself and give myself some grace and just say, you know what? There's always tomorrow. Yeah, that's been a big theme in the last few interviews that I've had is like, you know, um, giving ourselves grace and also Sometimes you just got to be like, all right, well, that's going to happen tomorrow. You got to know when to put stuff down and pick it up tomorrow. Right, exactly. I feel like that's something a lot of people, especially like goal-oriented people like ourselves, struggle with. Is just like you cannot do everything all the time. Like at some point, there's always going to be something to do. Exactly. So, you know, part of wellness is just, you know, finding that balance of, okay, today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and then tomorrow I'll do A, B, and C. Mm So what is one thing you want for people to take away from your YouTube channel? 
One thing I would say is that you can do anything that you put your mind to. And I know that's so cliche. We hear that all the time. But truly, like, I want people to click on my YouTube channel and not just think, oh, I'm not in a wheelchair. I can't relate. No. Like, there is something in your life that you are trying to overcome that you have in your life that you're like, oh, I won't be able to do this because of my age or because of this or that. And I want them to, to see that, yes, you can do it. You're so capable. You know, you were right where you were supposed to be and you can do it just like I did. You can as well. So I want to inspire people of all different backgrounds, not just people who have disabilities. Obviously, yes. I mean, you know, sharing my disability and the disabled community is my primary focus, but I want other people to be able to relate and see my page and be able to focus in on the things in their life that they're trying to achieve and overcome. Um, And so, and also I want people to realize that they have a story as well. And that um, it's not just me sharing my gems, but, you know, we all have gems that we should share. And whatever gems that you pick up along the way, I think it's your duty to not only keep them and use them in your life, but share them as well. So I think that as a nation, we should all just inspire and share how we've overcome and how we've made it in life. So I just hope people are inspired. All right. So you just said, you just said a lot again. (laughs) I feel like I keep saying that, but you just said you can't only just pick up the gems, but you got to share them with other people. And that is, that is so true. Like this, the whole reason that I started this podcast was because, you know, I have my blog where I just talk into, well, I'm obviously talking to my audience, but for the most part, it's just me talking. Like I'm writing a post and sending it out into the world. And I started this podcast because I wanted to cultivate a space where I could have these conversations with inspiring people like yourself and share the knowledge with other people. Because, you know, some people don't read blogs. Some people prefer to listen to podcasts or audiobooks. Mm-hmm. So just um, be having that opportunity to share the gems. And I'm so glad that I had you on this episode because you are just dropping gems left and right, girl. It's a treasure <laughs> hunt over here. Like, oh my goodness. That was, that was powerful too. So just shifting gears a little bit. Um, the YouTube channel will be in the show notes. So if you all want to check out her YouTube channel, well, one, I'm gonna have her plug it before we end the episode, but the YouTube channel will be in the show notes. Um, but shifting gears, when you were telling me more about yourself, you mentioned that you loved food and you're a foodie, which I, I, I'm like a foodie junior. Like I would like to be more of a foodie, but like, I also don't like spending a lot of money. So, <laughs> so I'm like, a, I'm like a cheap foodie, but what's your favorite food to eat and what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh girl. Um, you need to come on down to Houston, girl. We will eat. But, um, my favorite thing to eat would be probably Italian food. If I could eat pasta all day and not get fat, I would do that. Okay. I love spaghetti. We love a good pasta. Girl. I love lasagna. Uh, I just love me some pasta, but, um, as far as cooking, I'm no Mercedes. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) shout out to Mercedes on episode six, I believe episode six. Yes. Episode six. Mm hmm. Yes, so I'm no Mercedes out here, but um, I do love to cook buffalo cauliflower. So I am a vegetarian, and oh my I love- god, I love <laughs> buffalo cauliflower. Do you guys have yard house out there? Oh yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. I love their buffalo cauliflower wings. Like I literally you know- crave those like once every like once a month. Girl, but you know who else has a good buffalo cauliflower? Please um, let me know. Pizza. 
they have one over there? California Pizza Kitchen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have one in the same um, town center as the yard house. So, oh girl, I'm gonna make so a little, fun. a little. I, you, I wanted it yesterday, girl. You know, matter of fact, I might go today. Hello. But, um, <laughs> they have some good buffalo cauliflower. It is bomb. Um, with some ranch dip. Oh, honey, and it's easy to cook too. You guys, um, don't sleep on it. Don't think just because you know it's it doesn't have meat in it, it won't be filling. It's really good. There's Girl, I love me some buffalo cauliflower. Yeah, I was a vegetarian um, in high school for a little bit, and then I was a pescatarian up until mm-hmm. recently. So I definitely right. love a good meatless meal. Um, right. Eventually, I always tell people like, oh, once I like have the money that I want, I can afford to hire a chef. I'm gonna be vegan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just right. being vegan and being vegetarian you have to learn so much about food right because as a society we're just raised on like meat is a part of every meal so mm-hmm. and that's not to insult any meat eaters i am one because i will grub on some real chicken wings too but them cauliflower wings just be hitting different they just do girl and i'm telling you there's some good brands out there you know i'm not trying to make this a vegetarian podcast you know this episode is not about that right but ain't nobody sponsored us but i'm not <laughs> And I'm not trying to, you know, force anybody or influence anybody to be vegetarian out here. But I'm just saying there's some good brands out there. And I'm one for taste. If it don't taste right, I'm not eating it. Period. But at all. So, you know, some people will, will lie and be like, oh, it's so good. And you try it and you're like, what is this? Like, what am I eating here? You know, I can't stand a gummy burger. I'm taste- It tastes like I'm chewing bubble gum. Mm. Like, I cannot. I can't eat that kind of burger, you know. But, you know, who had a good burger? Um what is it burger king had a good what is it their little their impossible whopper listen i was fooled completely oh me too oh fun fact i also don't eat i don't eat um beef or pork or any of that Mm -hmm. i just only eat chicken and fish um so yeah i haven't had a real burger since what year is this 2020 i haven't had a real burger in like three years or so Mm -hmm. so i had that impossible because i always crave like a fast food burger like i never crave like a gourmet burger but you know like you just like associate foods with like simpler times in life like yeah at least i do so like when i think of like burger king or mcdonald's burger i'm like oh this reminds me of undergrad when i was just stress-free well not stress-free but like way less stressed than law school mm-hmm. but the point is i had the impossible burger and i was completely fooled i was like this tastes just how i remember it tasted right and my dad even likes them and he doesn't even like like he's super like a you know oh i love meat mm-hmm. so he doesn't even really like like he's never really been into like vegetarian food and he even liked it so i was like this mm-hmm. is a hit yeah i'm like what is in this burger i'm i'm concerned this is the real thing i'm eating meat here they're lying to us because it was too good i was fooled but um yeah that burger was good so there are some good vegetarian dishes out there and i'm not gonna say i've been 100 percent vegetarian for years but um I am vegetarian now, and I'm try. I try to stick to it as much as possible. And so, um, there's some good meatless dishes, and I like to try and dibble and dabble and cook them when I can. Yeah, that's really cool. So, you know, as we've mentioned many times in this episode, I did meet you through Mercedes from episode six, my sorority sister, mm-hmm. badass chef. Um, so, because of that, I do have to ask you, what is your favorite? What are your favorite places to eat in Houston? Just give me like a, you can either do like one or two or three. Yeah. Okay. Um, so favorite dish, right? Um, I mean, I'm sorry. Favorite restaurant right now would be, um, oh God. I'm trying to think of just Houston based. Give me a second, y'all. Ooh. Okay. 
turkey leg hut is good. I know it's not uh, vegetarian, but um, if you're going to, I have had their turkey leg, um, and it was really good when I tried it. Is it like really the ones good. at Disneyland or Universal? Yeah, similar. Ooh. But I would say um, a little bit better. Now, I haven't been to Disneyland since I was a little kid. so. But um, from what I remember, it's, it tastes similar. But I would think a little bit better. They have this certain sauce that's on there that's just so good. And it's so filling. I don't think it's super expensive. I think one turkey leg was around $10 or so. But if you get the stuffed turkey leg, you know, it's going to get pricey. But um, Turkey Leg Hut is a big hit in Houston. Um, where else? Also, we have tons of really good Cajun restaurants. Papado's is really good. Everybody likes Papado's. Um, what else? I don't really go to like vegan, vegetarian. I've heard that really place do. on Twitter. Oh, Papado's? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. They have good gumbo. They have really good seafood, um, different restaurants. But um, and if you're a vegetarian and you're in Houston, I don't necessarily go to vegan, vegetarian restaurants. I just make the dishes vegan. So I'll just say no meat or, you know, meat on the side and give it to somebody else. But, um, yeah, Papados is really good if you're in Houston. Turkey Leg Hut is super good if you're in Houston. Um, yeah, I'd say those two. All right. Thank you. I definitely am going to take note of those next time I find myself. Well, not next time because I've never been. But whenever I find <laughs> myself in Houston, I'm going to be uh, trying to eat up all the yummy food. So Yes, girl. What else do you like to do for fun? I know you mentioned working out and obviously you have your YouTube channel. Um, have you been reading any good books or watching any good movies lately? Oh, fun. Have I had time for that? Um, I am a Mood. dog mom. So I love spending time with my dog, going on walks and different and exploring different parts of the neighborhoods and different parks that are around our little community. Um, I have been reading some good books. Uh, one good book that I did finish recently was The Year of Yes by uh, Shonda Rhimes. Chandra Rhimes. I love that book. I think it's Shonda. Shonda Rhimes. Is it Shonda? Yeah, it's Shonda Rhimes. I have oh, that book no on my bookshelf. No, it's okay. Um, she ain't going to hear this. I mean, let's manifest it. Hopefully she does hear it because that means I will have made it. But um. <laughs> Yes. I hope so too, girl. But, Shonda um, Rhimes is everything. So I read uh, The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, and it was so powerful. Um, when I tell you I read that book, and I was so inspired to just say yes to everything in my life, right? So, you know, the whole book was just about her taking a whole year of just saying yes to everything. And um, that stuck with me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself, and I'm going to just say yes to things that scare me. And, and challenge myself to um, face my fears in life and do things that are going to grow me. And so, um, yeah, that book was really powerful. I'm glad I read it, picked it up. No, I really loved that book. I read it during my um, my gap years between um, undergrad and law school, and it was really life changing. Like, but also it like gave me the perspective of like, yeah, it's good. Like, it's great that she like did a year of. Yes, because mm -hmm. she was used to just saying no, but it also gave me like the flip perspective of like saying no, like to things that genuinely don't like don't serve you or don't interest you. Like it's great to say yes to things that are going to challenge you and grow you, but also like there's like this balance to strike with saying no to things that you are not mm -hmm. passionate about. Definitely. I think I wrote a blog about it, but that's like way deep in the like arches no you're right no and i'm learning that too because i'm like super nice like i'm just a super nice person and i always am like a people pleaser and want to just you know 
make everybody happy and me last. And so, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, saying no, saying, saying no is that's powerful as well. You know, there's some power in that as well. Not just saying yes to things that scare you, but saying no to things that you stand by and that you absolutely don't want to do. And that's OK, too. Yeah, that's been a journey learning that, because as you mentioned, I also I don't want to say I'm a people pleaser. But at the same time, like I I I do like to like try to help people as much as possible. Mm-hmm. In recent times, I've been better at it, but I was somebody who was always inclined to say yes, even if mm-hmm. it meant saying no to something that I wanted to do. And I think mm-hmm. that that's very important now is like, don't say yes to someone else if it's saying no to something for you. Mm-hmm. Because, that's good. Because, um, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup and... I'm tired of my cup being empty. I had to give that energy back to myself. (laughs) Right. We just have to be good to ourselves. Yeah. Because some people, they, they, um, you know, it's reciprocal, but also there are people who will just take and take and take until they literally cannot take any more from you. Oh, yeah. They'll drain you. So I think it's very important to, like, have no's in place. Um, And also saying no without explaining. Mm. That's something that I'm still working on is like, I'll say no. And then I'll like be like, oh, no, I can't do that because I have da 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 da. But it's like, no, my no should just be my no. no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I recently dealt with that. I had a girl in in grad school, actually, and I'm not naming any names, but um, I had a girl in grad school after I graduated. She wanted some of my old papers and some things to look at. And I said, you know, I will send you a paper. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm always going to help. I'll reach out for sure. And I will um, help anybody along. But she was just like, you know, can you give me access to your Blackboard? Just give me your username and password and I'll get everything from there. And I'm like, girl. What? Was like, no. Girl, And what? I was like, and I, str- and I tell you, I struggled. And I was like asking my mom. And so I'm like, what should I say? Like, I don't want to be mean. And they're like, what? Girl, why are you even thinking about this? Don't give this a second thought. This is a hell no. You know? And I said no. And I was nice about it. But I, I felt so empowered and so strong saying no in that moment. And it wasn't, I wasn't rude. You don't have to be a bitch about it. You know? But I said, I said, no, I'm sorry. I will give you this. And I hope that's enough for you. But no, I don't feel comfortable giving you access to my personal information. No, no matter if I've finished school and it doesn't pertain to me anymore, that's still personal. Right. And what the hell? That's a weird thing to even ask, to be honest. You probably okay. were way nicer than I would have been. <laughs> Girl. Girl, what? I just was like, how can you even ask me? We're not even cool like that. First of all, I don't know you. Listen. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. People <laughs> really be trying to get too familiar. <laughs> I just had an episode about that, um, my last solo episode. I was just talking about how people will really ask you for, like, your time and your resources and a lot and don't even know you from a can of paint or know okay. you but don't really know you well enough to be asking the things they asking of you. They have so. some nerve. I know. We hate to see it, truly. I just, it don't make sense to me. <laughs> wow, that's so wild to me. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so that's a book. Are you watching anything on Netflix? Like me, I'm not really a TV person, but when I do have time, I do like to watch things that are like super, super interesting. Have you watched anything interesting lately? Have I watched anything recently? Um, I'm a big documentary girl, so I have been watching a ton of documentaries. One documentary I did watch recently, it's kind of sad. I don't want to put a damper on the podcast, but I did watch one about the Golden Gate Bridge, and they were talking about the different suicides. And people jumping off the bridge, oh, and they wow. just documented. Yeah, so that one was kind of sad. But um, <laughs> let me think of an uplifting 
show that I've watched. Um, so hmm, what have I watched? I watched a good movie. I watched Anaconda last night with J Lo and Ice Cube. That's a classic. Listen, girl, <laughs> that movie is the reason why I'm afraid of snakes to this day. For some reason, my grandmother would just put us down in front of the TV and I was always a night owl child. I've literally always been a night owl child. Mm-hmm. And I remember one night, late at night, everybody was asleep except me. Anaconda was playing at some weird hour, which is kind of weird thinking back to it. But like I watched it by myself and I was terrified. I was like, maybe, I don't know what year that movie came out, but I couldn't be older than five because I moved to Vegas when I was five and a half ish. So yeah, I've always been afraid. Of... It came out in 93. How yeah. old in 93? 93, yeah. I was born. So I had to okay. watch it like years after that. Cause I remember it and it's just like, ever since then, I'm afraid of snakes. Like I can't even watch them on TV. Like that's like a known fact about me and like my close friends is like, if a snake comes on TV, I literally will look away. So yay, trauma. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I literally can't watch snakes and it's because of that movie. So yeah, it might be a classic, but your girl ain't watching it. <laughs> yeah. We're staying away from That's how I feel about it. Girl, I remember when I was in school, I played it. I had a sleepover with some friends, and I was like, let's watch it. And I remember, like, two girls were like, I'm calling my mom. I'm going home. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't handle it. No, that's funny. Have you seen the the recent ones? Yeah, I I saw it in theaters. I mean, it wasn't that good. I wasn't scared. Really? You didn't like it? Oh. No. Did you like it? I mean, it wasn't my... um, favorite movie ever but i thought it was cool and interesting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but i feel like i'm not a very picky person when it comes to movies Mm -hmm. um but i don't know yeah i feel like also going to the movies makes something either better or worse as well depending on the crowd that you go with that's true no what i did enjoy was lion king i will say i went to the movies to see that okay that's good yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it you mean the one with uh, the live action one right yeah mm-hmm. i haven't seen it okay don't. no i'm gonna say don't tell yeah. anybody but like i'm literally saying it on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> we can cut out the lion king part then whatever <laughs> yeah but um yeah but yeah i'm glad we got to talk about um books the book that you enjoyed and you know what you've been watching i'll definitely have to give well i've already read your yes but i like documentaries too so i'm gonna look into the golden gate bridge one you talked about But, you know, we're getting to the end of the episode. So the main question I ask every guest is, how do you handle your scandal, aka balance your busy life? Like you're currently trying to balance work, fitness, a relationship, moving, and a YouTube channel. So tell us, how do you handle your scandal? Girl, um, I think that having a schedule is key. And I know probably people hear that all the time, like, oh, having a planner, having a schedule, blah, blah, blah. But that truly changes your life. Like it changed mine. So just knowing that, okay, Monday through Friday, I have work. That's what pays the bills. So focus on that. Weekends, okay, do your YouTube, do your editing, film, you know, create your content. And so, and on the weekends, also spend time with friends, spend time with other people, do things you enjoy, but just having a schedule and mapping things out has really helped me a lot um, as far as just learning how to balance it all, you know, knowing that, okay, Monday through Friday, I'm going to eat at home, I'm going to save money. And then my Saturday and Sundays, okay, those are days I'm going to eat out, I'm going to eat the foods that I want to eat you know, and just sticking to it. That has really helped me with saving money, just losing weight and just um, 
sticking to those goals, just trying to be organized as much as I can has helped me be able to balance (laughs) in life. Yeah, I feel like it's really important for people to have a planner of sorts. We actually just talked about this on the last episode that I did is like the importance of having a planner and a schedule. I feel like, yeah, when you're super busy, you have to, right? Like you can't just be wandering around aimlessly. Like you gotta have a certain schedule to stick to. And I think people think like, oh, just your work. But it's like, no, you need to schedule everything that you need to do. You can't just leave it up to your own will and regard because that's how things get pushed off, right? (laughs) <laughs> so that is so true um do you have any other advice besides handling your scandal like whatever you want to give advice to our listeners about okay so i would just say you guys whatever it is you want to achieve you guys can definitely do it i know that we talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast but um i hope you guys tune into my youtube channel i hope you guys um or inspired in any Go ahead way. and plug it. Um, tell them how to find it. Like, what is the title yes. of it? Okay, so you can find me on YouTube um, if you type in Kimberly Rose. So that's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y Rose. And my Instagram is Ivy Rose. So I-V-Y R-O-S-E 112. And like I said, you guys, um, I hope you're inspired. I hope that you guys look inward and look at your own life and just see that you guys have what it takes. You have the tools. You have everything it is to achieve what it is you're trying to do. Um, don't let what you see other people doing stop you from reaching your potential. Um, I just made a post actually um, last night about being a speech pathologist and how if I had listened to doubters, if I had listened to people telling me like, oh, you're in a wheelchair, you're a quad, you can't really use your hands that well, I would never be where I am right now. And don't listen to doubters, don't listen to people tell you what you can and can't do and put you in that box. You have control of your destiny. Change your mindset and that'll change everything change your mindset and that will change everything that is super powerful i do think that a big part of success is just mindset and Mm -hmm. you know i think that's something people overlook so often but if your mindset is i mean i know especially with like me for like fitness and stuff like if your mindset is off everything else is going to be off so that's super important i'm glad you uh added that in well, I actually really enjoyed talking to you today. I feel like this episode was really fun to record. So thank you, Kimberly, for coming on to the podcast. Yeah. And giving me your time and sharing all of these parts of your journey. Yes, definitely. I, thank you for having me. Of course. I really did this. Yeah, I appreciate you. Um, I'm glad that Mercedes told me to reach out to you. And I'm glad that you found this as a, of a way to share your, your journey and your mm-hmm. content and all the inspiring things that you're doing. I'm just really, really grateful to have had you on the show. Yes, I'm grateful. I joined. I'm so happy that Mercedes introduced us. Don't be a stranger, girl. I'm going to tune in and subscribe. Well, I already subscribed, girl. So um, just keep doing good things, girl. I'm so proud of you as well. I'm a fan. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm a fan of you too. Trust and believe. I'm going to be on your YouTube channel, subscribing. If I, when I can, I'll share it. You know, I like to share other content from other people just because like, like you said, even if it doesn't relate relate to my life it's still Mm -hmm. there's still something you can learn from everybody yes absolutely so um thank you once again and to the listeners thank you uh you heard her subscribe if you haven't subscribed already um make sure you follow her on instagram i will also put all of her handles and her channel in the show notes 
And yeah, subscribe, share, uh, leave a review, whatever it is you got to do. Comment on Kimberly's YouTube videos. I'm about to go do that probably a little bit later today. (laughs) You know, it's really important as content creators to have people engaging with your content. Like we don't make it to have all these things, but at the same time, it is nice to know. Like I love when people tell me like, oh yeah, I listened to this episode or oh yeah, I read this blog and it was really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Like that's a good feeling. Yeah. Even if it's not like 100,000 views, right? Right. So, yeah, y'all do what y'all need to do in regards to that. Show the show love. Show Kimberly's channel some love. Show her Instagram some love. And y'all have a great day. And make sure to handle your scandal.